This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Illini Choir Podcast. It's time to talk some hoops. It's Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper here on the Illini Choir Podcast. We got to see a practice, which is rare in the Brad Underwood era. But the Illini heading out to Spain. I don't believe anybody's going to make it out there. It's a tough trip to make, an expensive trip to make. But uh, And I don't know how much we can learn from this. But Derek, you were on the trip to Italy uh, a few years back. How much can you learn about a team during trips like these? Uh, it's a good question. And it's hard to know until you get over there and see the games, what the competition's going to look like. I know the two games I saw out there in Milan and Florence, maybe not the best of comparable competition. And then their third game, they ended up losing uh, there in Rome. And that was the the most challenging test of the Underwood squad that year. You think back 2019-20, really the breakthrough season for Brad and company with Io and Georgie. And uh, Kofi didn't get to make the trip. Andres Felice didn't make the trip. So that was a, a different dynamic in its own right. But uh, it, it's just good to see those guys in game action, particularly the newcomers, and just see how – players gel and, and how they implement within a system and I know that Brad mentioned today that offensively they're, they're not fully installed at this yeah. point but they do have enough in to, to play some games but uh, I think it's for the players mostly just the experience of, of going over there as a team and the, the bonding and, and the tours they get to take and whatnot but uh, surely for guys that are looking to step up into a bigger role or newcomers trying to come onto the scene th- those are the real things to be gained for those guys uh, to really show the staff, hey, I've, I've made these improvements or I can play this role for you. Uh, you're probably not going to learn a ton about Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins, guys that are pretty right. solidified, but for the most part, it's just a fun thing to do. And uh, I think the staff will juggle some lineups and, and some different things that they want to look at. And to do it against another team is always good at this stage. Yeah, we'll talk about this Spain trip, what they got in front of them, the health of the team. We'll talk about the half a practice we got to see, but we did get to see like some legit uh, five-on-five action up and down the court and in the you know half court. So we'll talk a little bit about that, what we see from the team. We'll talk a little bit about recruiting as well. But I do want to remind people, Derek, uh, it is a huge sale going on right now. 75% off VIP membership at IlliniInquire.com. That's more than $80 of savings for your first year. So you're going to give us like 20 bucks for a, a year of in-depth coverage. Piper's going to be typing up his uh, main takeaways uh, from the scrimmage. Joy Wagner and I got a lot coming from this. And of course, training camp is starting on Thursday. So we got loads of coverage coming to you. And this is the best deal of the year. So if you're listening to this on August 2nd or August 3rd, you can get that deal. And we're going to continue a deal after that. So even if you're listening to this a few days afterwards, we got a, a big deal after that as well. So uh, it's your chance to sign up for VIP if you're not a VIP member already. If you are a VIP member, thank you. You signed up for one of these deals, I'm sure, at one point. And we appreciate your loyalty uh, because uh, we work hard for you guys all the time. Uh, and today, it wasn't a lot of work, Derek, but it was nice to actually get to see uh, some of these guys play. But just to, to set up what Spain will be, Illinois leaves on August 4th. Uh, that is Friday. They don't return until August 14th, which is uh, obviously a week from Monday. But they're only going to play three games. A lot of times you get four games on these trips. They're going to play three. One on Sunday, August 6th, against the Madrid All-Stars. That'll be when I believe most people will still be sleeping. It's at 12 – oh, no, it's 12 p.m. Central Time. Derek Person put the Central Time on here. Appreciate that. And then Wednesday, August 9th at noon, they'll play Valencia – 
And then Sunday at 5 a.m. Central Time, so most of us will be sleeping, they will play the Catalonia All-Stars. As you said, Derek, kind of don't know until you get there what the type of competition is, and it's not like they're playing uh, former NBA players here. Right. One thing that we do know is that Nebraska's already gone over there. They're in Spain a little bit on the front end of this and played the Madrid All-Stars, and it was a tight game. It was uh, within the 80s, and I think it was a two-possession game, and ultimately the Huskers were able to win. Uh, Illinois is going to have higher expectations than what Nebraska and Fred Hoiberg and company have around them this year, but just in terms of playing a close game against a Big Ten-level team, maybe we can at least look at the Madrid game – being one that could could test Illinois and maybe is a good challenge. And I think that in a a trip like this, you hope that one of those games will really be one that that pushes your guys, that puts you in some some close game scenarios, makes possessions matter. I remember the the first game out in Italy. I mean, Illinois won like off the top of my head, probably like 100 to 40 or something like that. And and you you get – guys to you know deep down your bench get a lot of minutes and and everything you you stats sheet stuff and all that but uh to play a competitive game is is probably of the most value so if the madrid game can can be that i don't we're not going to know what valencia looks like or the the catalonia all-stars but uh and and brad i even asked him today i said you know how much do you know about these teams when you schedule these games and he said it's really the last piece of what they figure out on these trips is who they're going to play and win, and then they just kind of find out when you get to the gym, and and that's the way it goes. But uh, some of these teams are made up of older guys. They're yeah. professional players overseas, and while they may not have the the talent that a, a team like Illinois is going to have, you, you are going to face some grown men. But I think as we're going to talk about later on in this pod, Illinois has some grown men in their own right, and that, that was a big focal point of going to the portal and, and getting an older team, which they do have. Yeah, and one thing I found really interesting is is the way the staff will be set up. Um, you know, Brad Underwood said today, and Joey Wagner asked a great question of how are you going to coach these games, and he said he's going to have a notebook, he's going to be jotting down notes, and one game Tim Anderson's going to coach, one game Jeff Alexander is going to coach, one game Chester Fraser is going to coach. Uh, good opportunity for those guys to do that. Tyler Underwood and Zach Hamer, who are now on court assistants, not recruiting assistants, but those guys are going to have more of a say. So, so it's a good evaluation tool for those guys. Good experience for those guys. Uh, but one piece of news he did tell us: Marcus Domask has been out with a hamstring injury. Sounds like he reaggravated a hamstring injury he had earlier this summer, from what Brad Underwood was saying. And he did not practice today. Won't practice tomorrow. And Derek, just from the sounds of it, they're going to be cautious with this, which I, I think would mean he's unlikely to play in Spain, though he will travel. No, it doesn't sound like any visa or um, you know passport issues with this trip overseas, but that's a bummer to, to not have Marcus Domask be able to get this experience on the floor with his teammates. It definitely is. It's not a guy that you're maybe too worried about because he is so experienced in college basketball, and, and you hope that – this hamstring issue, which we don't know the severity of, but uh, it seems like just something that has been lingering. And then, like you said, a re-aggravation uh, and still a lot of time. I mean, we're three months away from playing games that actually count. So uh, plenty of time for him to rehab that and get it in a spot where uh, you don't have to be too aggressive too soon with it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's acclimating to a new team going from being the number one guy on Southern Illinois and uh, now finding that role in a, as a complimentary piece and, uh, it'd be great to, to get him out there on the floor and just learn his teammates more and, and be in those game situations. And I do think that he's got a chance to, number one, be a starter and also just be a really nice impact player because he is that veteran. They can play between the three and the four. He's strong. He can shoot it. And there's some he's someone that they're going to rely on to be a, a steady presence for this squad. So him not being able to play is obviously a bummer for him. And uh, it's unfortunate in terms of Illinois trying to figure out what they have, not being able to at least have Marcus on the court and, and see how he fits. Yeah, I want to get dive into this guy a little bit more because there were some interesting things about what he did today in practice. He was pretty good. Uh, Terrence Shannon, fully healthy. Uh, I know there was a picture of a, a cast um, over his hand and wrist area. Uh, he, he was perfectly healthy. It didn't seem like he was held back at all uh, because he had a pretty good day. So, Derek, this is our first look at this team. Like As, as we said, Brad Underwood does not have – practice open that often he's not spoken to the media in this kind of setting in a long time like he was at the Kendall Gill golf outing where a few reporters got him but 
other than this, like we hadn't talked to him in about three months in this kind of media setting. So um, as we saw his team, as we talked to him, just what is your big overall takeaway about this team in total? I think the potential depth is exciting when you look at the number of guys who could really be in the mix. And there's going to be some, as we get into the fall, some real important position battles. When you think about Justin Harmon, Sincere Harris, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, all competing really directly against each other for minutes. Not to say you can't see multiple of those guys on the court at the same time. Mark Stomask, we talked about with Luke Goody. How do those guys battle it out in terms of minute share and who starts and whatnot? So I think across the board, when you bring in a top 50 level freshman like Amani Hansberry, who's maybe 10th in your rotation, like <laughs> at least as you projected right now. And I know I did that exercise earlier this week and there were some hard choices to make as you try to make this this early uh, snapshot of what it can look like. But I mean, we've seen as recently as last year where someone ranked in that range is expected to come in and maybe even be a starter or at least a, a big part of your squad. So the, the front court is deep because he's behind guys like Coleman Hawkins, like Dane Danger, Quincy Garrier. I said Damask can slot on at the four. You can play Luke Goody at the four if you wanted to. And, and I think it's, it's a talented team too. I mean, Quincy Garrier has been a – a second team all ACC type of guy and uh, Domas is a 1600 point scorer and they, these guys are role players so uh, you have the star power in Shannon you hope that Coleman takes another step into being a star and then you have some other supporting cast members that are are older and, and, and pretty talented and even on the younger side like yeah. Dre Gibbs Lawhorn I know we're going to highlight very talented and he was exciting today. Yeah, I, I look at this team, and we'll get into some of the question marks, which remain question marks after what we saw today. Um, the focus is mostly on defense at this point. So they're going to be very good on that end, in my opinion, um, because they are long, athletic, and physical. And this is this is the deepest front court that I think I have covered at Illinois. I don't even think it's close. I mean, Kofi's obviously another stratosphere, but when you talk about the number of front court players that I think could play for them, it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, Coleman Hawkins, we know what he is, and he hopes to get better. Quincy Guerriere, don't think he's going to be a star here, but I think he's going to be a really good role player. Um, you, you can consider Domask a front court player. You can consider Goody a front court player. Dane Danger, I thought, looked great. He gets to his spots. I thought he had some some really good moves to, to get some open looks. I mean, I know Ty Rogers is playing point guard, but he can be a front court guy. And Imani Hansberry, like there was one rotation they had that we were kind of looking at each other saying, this is like a Pat Chambers team they got out there. I don't know if they're going to be able to shoot the ball, but they're big, physical, tough. It was Quincy Guerriere, Dane Danger, Imani Hansberry. So, Guerriere at the three, Hansberry was guarding Goody, and he looked pretty good doing it. Uh, and then you had Sincere Harris and Ty Rogers. And so it was like, I don't know where the offense is coming from, but that is a tough physical group. They're long, they're athletic. You think of Brad Underwood's, what's been successful teams, Derek, they were pretty short outside of Kofi Coburn. You think of John Gross's teams, they were always undersized. This team is not going to be undersized. This looks like a Michigan State front court. For sure. Yeah, even when you think back to Kofi and Georgie, the, the tandem there, the, the four spot was always something that you felt like you were playing guys out of position a little bit. I mean, DeMonte, obviously, when you had to play him at the four, even bringing in Grandison, who's kind of built more like a, a wing, it was really a tweener uh, playing the four spot too. So you, you don't have that worry of, of a lack of size. I mean, the, the fours look like legit big fours. I mean, Gary A is physical and older. Uh, Amani already looks pretty – pretty stout in terms of his frame and, and he's pretty mobile too at that size at six foot six foot eight thereabouts and I know they're, they're looking to pack on more strength to him as well but as you mentioned like Dane is is trimmed up or he looks trimmed up it's just really turning some fat into muscle and, and he, he looks good right now and Coleman there so yeah the, the depth in that front court really was a problem for I feel like John Gross's teams they didn't really have a legit five-man for a long time and I mean even when I was talking to Adam Fletcher last week he mentions you know bulking up Malcolm Hill and, and that was kind of just trying to trying to make up for not having that that four you had to try to make Malcolm Hill a, a bigger guy to play the four or Michael Finke to play the five and uh, that was always a challenge and so it's it's been a long time I know those 
those Bill Self teams back in the early 2000s. Had That's a, what I was thinking of. Like when you talk about depth, right? Because like Kofi was another level. Myers Leonard for his one year was phenomenal. Like those guys are a different level, but um, they didn't have much depth around them. So yeah, you think of Krupalia, Archibald, like just a Griffin, the guys they could just roll and cook, just rolling in guys that you got bodies, man. Like there will be no issue of having guys get in foul trouble in the front court. Like I, you have, I think Amani Hansberry can go in and play serviceable basketball for you this year. I agree. Uh, and I think he's – I wrote this earlier this week. I think he's well-suited for kind of that that dirty work role. And I know that people even liked, you know, Benjamin Bossman's Redonk for in spots at one point doing some of that. And Imani's more talented oh, yeah. than, than BBV is. And I, I know that he's going to have to get stronger, maybe BBV more physically developed at that point in time. But uh, even if he's somebody, yeah, that you got two fouls on Coleman, two fouls on Dane and – uh, maybe Gary A slides to the five and you need Amani to play some four, or maybe Amani goes into the five, you're, you're going to have somebody that can battle in the post and, and be able to do some things for you. And I, I just think energy wise and rebounding and, and that kind of stuff, Amani's going to, is well suited to do that right off the bat. And really in, in general, I think on the whole, you've got a very physical, I think Illinois last year was pretty good at defending around the rim. Probably, I mean, cause it was a more athletic team. And I think this year they'll be able to do probably the same thing and, and just have that physicality. They, they could step take a step forward rebounding-wise. Uh, sometimes last year you had a little bit of giving up too much on the, the offensive glass. And I think that they this year maybe, especially if Gary A can get back to his Syracuse rebounding, can uh, make up for some of that. I'm glad you mentioned your uh, Fletch interviews. Great stuff by you. Great questions, but uh, great insight uh, from Adam Fletcher. So that's a free article up on, on Alana Inquirer if you want to check that out. But I, I do, th- I did think it was great. He brought up like the bulking up guys, and you and I were talking. Like it felt like Adam, he was talking about Malcolm Hill. Like he had to bulk up at Malcolm Hill because once Malcolm got to the the pros, they're trimmed down. They're they're at the point now where they got these bodies that they're basically trimming down. Outside of like the Coleman Hawkinses of the world, uh, in the front court they have definite size like Quincy Guerriere, right? They're trying to trim up a little bit, make him a little bit more mobile. Uh, so I'm excited to see what happens there. But the competition for playing time is going to be uh, pretty intense there. All right, Derek, we still got questions, and I don't know if we got answers on the point guard situation or the shooting questions um so what was your takeaway offensively of of a day where i shot a lot of video derek uh, i can cut up into highlights i don't think there's a lot of offensive highlights that we saw from today yeah especially in the early five on five half court stuff yes. like the defense was was definitely winning the day there you had some it was a shortened shot clock they were trying to kind of 10 to 12 seconds create something off and out of bounds and uh, there were some ugly possessions in there. There, there were some ugly possessions for sure. And uh, three-point shooting it, 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 down the stretch of practice, we saw you know Terrence hit a pull-up three. We saw Drake Lawhorn hit one. Sincere actually made a three today. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were a few of those moments, but it wasn't like, hey, they're they're splashing from left and right, and this is a a team that is is surely better or you know above average three-point shooting team in the Big Ten. Goody looked great on air. When they were on air, I don't I don't know if he missed, but yeah, when they got to five on five, it was it was a little tougher. Right, I, I do think that he's going to be someone that that will be that marksman for them, and and interested to see as we get closer and closer to the season is him running off of screens and that type of stuff. I know that I'm sure that fits into what Brad was hinting at of more sets they want to put in as you get deeper into uh, this this upcoming this off season and into the, the preseason. But, um, yeah, because you, you notice this more than I do, Derek. Well, um, you have an eye for the basketball stuff more than I do, but it was very vanilla today. It was mostly ball yeah. screen kind of stuff. For sure, yeah. Uh, they did do some zoom action, which I like. You get that pin down in the corner, and, and you kind of have a, a guy coming off a double screen, and, and that works well to open some things up for Terrence. And, uh, but, yeah, you, you had a lot of basic ball screen stuff with Ty. And, and on that point, to go to the, the point guard, Ty didn't have the, the best of days. Uh, I, I think that – uh, he is leaner. Like you look at, and I know he gave the quote that he's down to like 205 off of 220. So he's lost about 15 pounds. He looks pretty agile. So I, I think when he's off the dribble, he can get to where he wants to go. Uh, but there was even a, a, a moment where it was reminiscent of late last year where he gets to the rim on the left side, kind of contorts his body with the right, misses it. And you, you've just wondered how much that left hand is, has progressed for him. He did hit a kind of a 12 foot 12 to 15 foot pull up jump shot but then 
shortly after that had a, a late shot clock three that he that he airballed. So um, there are questions about him at point guard. I think based on what I could see, it seems like Jacobs Lawhorn's probably your second PG right now. And he again, like he he did some really good things today. Uh, he's he's quick. He's explosive. Can get off the dribble and, and make some things happen. Uh, but he's going to make some fresh mistakes. Like there was even some stuff early in practice where he. Uh, wasn't maybe coming to the ball in transition and, and the ball trickled out of bounds and, and Brad was getting on him. But uh, in terms of, yeah, running an offense through a legit playmaker, that's still a question mark. And yeah, just, just shooting in general. Uh, Damask is supposed to be someone out there that's really going to help you there. And then Goody when he's on, I think those are two guys that you'll you'll lean on. But we'll see if, if Terrence can be more consistent from three. Coleman missed some, some outside shots today. And that's still a, a thing that has to be proven. Yeah, if you were in practice today, you're probably not feeling like, hey, the offense has changed all that much. But I do want to highlight one thing. Like, we all know Terrence Shannon Jr. is good, and he's going to be good. Um, but Brad, I loved when he talked about him today because what do we brought this up throughout the season. Terrence Shannon was one of the best guards in the country last year. Sometimes it felt like Terrence Shannon didn't know that or act like it because he just disappeared. Even Brad said, I don't want to say he disappeared, but he did. He disappeared at times during games, and then he'd show up in the fourth quarter in overtime against Texas or late against Arkansas when it was too late. You need him to be that assertive right away. When they got into 5-5, five and five, and especially when they got full court, uh, you saw Terrence Shannon take over the practice. And he didn't make every shot, didn't finish everything, but he had a mid-range game, Derek, that looked really expanded. And if you think of Terrence Shannon like – he struggled to shoot the ball, and then he struggled at times just getting a little too out of control to the rim. If he can get that mid-range game going, we know he can hit the pull-ups because he was good at it last year, but he had this runner game that I think is going to be so good for him because we know he can finish. We know he can get to the free throw line. I think he can shoot better. Uh, he's shown it throughout his career. So if he adds that wrinkle to his game, and he said he's working more on his right hand because that's what the NBA said, more, more so than shooting. They said work on the right hand. He looked really good. Um, and, and for me, if he's assertive, Terrence Shannon, for most of the game rather than just when Illinois is down 15, uh, I think he could be, you know, I don't know, Big Ten Player of the Year because Zach Eadie's still in the league, but he could be one of the top three players in, in the Big Ten potential. Yeah, he, he's one of the best players in college basketball if he is in that aggressive attack mode and playing his best version of basketball. And it's just there were times where he took a back seat and, and maybe you were even on the wrong side of a run and you're you're waiting for somebody to to take the ball and say, okay, this stops here. And, and Terrence sometimes just wouldn't do that. So, uh, and, and like you think about some of his second halves, like his second half against, I think Northwestern was really good when you're down by 15 at home and he – had a really good one there. UCLA, of course. Yeah, so, um, sorry to interrupt, but like he was, he was a run starter, and like he was the yeah. run a lot of times. You needed a run stopper at times, and you know who that was. Io was that. Kofi was that. Kofi didn't have, get enough credit for being clutch, but also, uh, you know, just stopping runs instead of like an eight to a nothing run. It was an eight to four because Kofi had a couple buckets in there. Um, they need they need Terrence to do that more often, to where it's not an eleven zero swing in a game. Yeah, that's a great point. And I did like his stuff off of some ball screen action. And like you said, having that in-between games, I think in general you assume with Terrence is that it's either going to be from three on that pull-up or if he decides he's going downhill or he makes that cut inside of the arc, he's trying to go all the way to the rim. And, and there was times he just – he went too far into the teeth of the defense and, and struggled uh, of just driving into a wall. So today, I mean, hitting that runner – uh, had a pull-up kind of around that free-throw line, which, of course, we all associate with Aodosumu, who made mm -hmm. that famous uh, right there on the elbow. Uh, and I, I just thought, yeah, in the five-on-five, five, especially when they got up and down, he he just took over and, and had a lot of confidence and, and showed that in between, which is, which is great to see. So uh, we know he's super talented and can do a lot there. And I think that as you also watch him, there's going to be times, especially as Ty settles in and just as the point guard thing gets solidified, do some stuff off the ball with him too, which he was really uh, excelling at and efficient at at Texas Tech. So, uh, and then in fast break, we know that he's he's a weapon too. So, uh, there's a lot. There's another step that Terrence can take, and yes, the right hand, yes, shooting. But yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the in between was probably the thing that stood out the most about him today, and building on that would be really big for Illinois. 
right, guys, first impressions matter. There's no two ways around it. And your face, well, that's most likely the first thing that someone notices about you. How your skin looks is going to determine good or bad that first impression. I decided it's time to put my best face forward and started using Caldera Lab to do so. Clinically proven to reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging, Caldera Lab is the leader in men's skincare and is here to save the day and your confidence. Use our exclusive code Illini at calderalab.com to enjoy 20% off their best products. Listen, guys, I'm skeptical too. Men's skincare, we all want to be manly. We don't need that stuff. But I know you care about those wrinkles, those bags under your eyes. And why not look good? It helps us in life, helps our confidence. So take care of your skin, and Caldera Lab helps you do that. They create high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen is your twice-a-day formula to transform your skin. And the best part, it's super easy. Literally takes 30 seconds in the morning and 30 seconds at night. This little time for the huge benefits is compounding interest I can get behind all day long. Now to the fun stuff. What products is Caldera offer? Let me tell you. First off, the clean state starts and ends your day. This face wash leaves all skin types refreshed. Then you'll apply the base layer right after to moisturize and hydrate your skin. Even better, it absorbs fast, leaving you with a matte finish to start your day confidently. Then the good, it's your go-to night face serum rounded out. And then want to take things a step forward, the Icon is the eye serum that helps you shine while addressing the three most common skin concerns around the eyes. Fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness. Caldera Lab is made with top-tier ingredients, legit showstopper, that is good for you today and in the long run. Right now, get 20% off with our code at calderalab.com. That's 20% off at calderalab.com by using code Illini. Jump into skin and first impression royalty with Caldera Lab. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. All right, Derek. Let's get into some of these more individuals. Um, based on what you've heard uh, through talking to people in the program and what you saw today, who are you buying stock in? It's going to be easy because everyone's going to buy a stock. With Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, uh, I'll buy some stock right now before the price gets too high. Yes, it's a freshman guard, uh, but there there have been some freshman guards that, while I know that Illini fans maybe will be a little gun shy off of last year. I mean, Jaden Epps still had a, a pretty yeah. good year. I know some people soured by his exit, soured by how he finished the year uh, last season too, but I'm still had a pretty good season. But I think that the talent just just jumps off. Like I think. In terms of like before seeing it up close and you see the clips on Twitter, which you do, but everybody I talked to would rave about just his ability. And there would always be the qualifier. Well, we'll see what happens when it is in in a very structured type of environment. Like college basketball is a lot more detail oriented than high school basketball. You you look at AAU and that type of thing. But uh, in terms of his shot making ability, he can he can score it. Uh, He's very athletic. And he's he's driven like that's a lot of what I heard too is that uh, the the work that he puts in I mean I Fletch raved about his uh, his commitment to developing his body and, and you hear that he's in the gym all the time too so uh, what he was doing out there today I think that he's gonna be on the court I think he's gonna make it I, I we'll get into this more but like with Justin Harmon and Sincere Harris I'm fascinated by how that all sorts mm-hmm. out Harmon clearly the more proven player in college. Sincere is the most familiar with Illinois because he was here last year and uh, has had carved out kind of a niche. And then Dre is the most naturally gifted of the three. But uh, I'd buy some some Gibbs Lawhorn stock. Um, beyond that, I mean, I'm trying to think, who who are you buying? Well, let, let me talk about Dre Gibbs Lawhorn because after I mean, he was one of the guys who really stood out in practice, and partly just because the ball was in his hands a lot. Yep. I, I mean, it was Ty Rogers and him, but it felt like it was in Dre Gibbs Allhorn's hands more than anybody. And and it makes sense. Like, he's a league guard capable guy. He's really talented. 
Um, you know, he can throw down one-handed dunks, like windmill kind of stuff. Like he's a really good athlete. He's quick. He can get to his spots. Still needs that strength. He'll probably struggle with that a little bit. Needs to play off two feet. Um, uh, defensively, he'll probably get challenged a little bit. But he was really talking. He's he's confident. Like he, he's a confident guy. He's talking. And I, when I asked Brad about what he brings, he kind of stopped himself from hyping him up because we know the Brad Underwood hype train can get going this time of year. And whether it's his assistants or whatever, like he's maybe learned that maybe I should wait a little bit. You can tell he's excited about him. Like you can tell Brad thinks he might not be being talked about uh, quite enough. My my takeaway from today with Dre Gibbs Allhorn, what you've heard, what you've reported, is he's going to be a, a significant part of this team. Like he's going, he's not going to be the tenth guy on this team. Like he's going to be whether it's a starter or whether it's one of the first guys off the bench. Like he is going to be one of the key parts of that lead guard rotation. For sure. Yeah, I think that he's gonna. It's gonna come with some some bumps in the road, some yes. mistakes, but probably Jaden Nepps like right. I mean, he's a different player physically than Jaden Nepps, but I think it wouldn't surprise me if if he's one of the scorers off the bench for this team. Like, I, I think he can play that role, and and they need that. They need somebody that can take that kind of production at that position. Yeah, but like you said, I mean, he's gonna be fearless. Uh, he's got a lot of confidence to him. He's got a swagger about him. And he is he's more athletically gifted than Jaden in terms of like kind of his ranginess. And I think he's got everything you would want defensively to be an impact player. I know he's going to have to, like you said, get stronger and just kind of feel that out in terms of assignments and, and where to be and everything. But uh, even some stuff that he showed AAU and, and, and before this is like he knows how to jump passing lanes and anticipate. And, and then offensively, I think he's going to be a weapon in transition. I think he's going to be a guy that can go to the hole and, and create some stuff off the bounce. And I, I would like his – they think that he's got more vision than like a guy like Jaden Epps who maybe got kind of a tunnel vision when he'd go downhill and, and, and wouldn't see the floor all that well. And that's why they had some some skepticism about him as a, a playmaker for others. They think Dre reads stuff better. And he was hitting that throwback to, to Coleman and uh, being able to anticipate that and see that. So uh, if Ty struggles, maybe – it gets handed over to him at some point yeah. in terms of being the, the main point guard. But just in general, I, I do think he's going to be out there on the court and, and be someone that goes into, especially, I mean, he's going to be ready for Mackey, I think, although that's <laughs> going to be a, a raucous environment. But I think kind of the one thing I did want to, not to say he's going to be Jalen hood Shafino. We've seen Malachi Branham. But even if you just want to go a little bit of a bar below, like Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer last year, yeah. freshmen that got big opportunities that, came in and, and were pretty darn good. I think that uh, don't be a, don't be afraid of a, of a freshman guard being someone that can get you know valuable minutes because I think that this guy is talented enough and, and will be ready for it. Yeah, I don't think it's out of the question to say this guy is going to compete for all Big Ten freshman team. Like I, I don't think that's ridiculous expectations. Now he's got to go do it, um, but I think he's got the talent and he's got the opportunity um, to do it. Ty Rogers, obviously we would have talked about, but we know he's going to play a huge role. The other guy I like today, um, and, and he's a fan favorite already, but Sincere Harris, I thought, just brings it, man. He's a dog. He, he's just just – he's a lot like Chester Frazier, only a better athlete. Like, longer, more athletic. Um, he gets after it. He got into Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn's grill a couple times in that five-on-five -five setting, but really got into passing lanes. And he just looks a little more confident offensively. I know Joey Wagner's going to do a story on him and talk to him about it, but Joey was saying Sincere like, had no confidence offensively late last year. I don't think he's ever going to be a star offensive player, but if he can give you five to six points, and I think we saw a kind of guy who could do that today, um, I, I think that's a, a really key role player, and it, it makes that competition in the backcourt, as you were talking about, uh, even that more interesting. Yeah, it was hard not to see Sincere today. I mean, he was all over the floor. Or hear him. Uh, and yeah, yeah, and uh, getting to the rim, he slashed uh, off the off the wing a couple of times. I know in transition they want him to be aggressive. Uh, it's not like I know he's gotten stronger. He still has another a year or so to go in terms. Of he's really probably physically where they want him to be. But uh, I, I think with just maturing, with the game hopefully slowing down a little bit as he kind of gets into the the teeth of the defense or close to the hole, that he will be able to gather himself and finish a little bit. Uh, more composed and then defensively he's going to get into you like like you said he was all up in uh Dre Gibbs Lawhorn's shirt early in those like ball screen type of actions and 
I mean, he's a competitor. He's gonna he's gonna be gritty. He's gonna uh, try to try to just outwork you, and he's gonna let you know about it when he's when he's getting the best of you too. So uh, that was really someone I, I remember the first week of workouts, just putting in the initial feelers, like you know what are you seeing? And someone fed to me, you know, the, the guy that is probably a little bit better than we would have expected is an early standout is Sincere Harris, mm-hmm. and they say he's put the work in and they like what they've been seeing, and I I'm with you. I really liked what I saw out of him today. Yeah, Dane didn't have the the best field goal percentage today from what I saw, but I also just – he was getting to his spots. You can tell he's, he's getting a little bit more decisive. And he looks good. He looks really good. So uh, he, he's another guy that, you know, maybe we don't talk about enough because of the returners, because of the transfers. But, you know, his role, he needs to be a 20-minute game guy, right? Like the, the 16, I think you had 16 to 22 minutes. I think that's perfect. Like he doesn't need to be a 30-minute game guy like Kofi is, but I think he can be really effective against certain opponents. Uh, he just needs to do it more consistently. For sure. Yeah, I think offensively you look at him, just trying to simplify a little bit and, and reducing the number of times we tried to do too much in the post. And uh, there was a time uh, within the five-on-five segment, he had Amani Hansberry on his back and just quick spin moved in baseline and, and, and went up. And I think being able to just kind of make a decisive move and understand – uh, that it doesn't have to be a, a face-up, a couple of dribbles, and that whole type of thing. And he is. I mean, he's very skilled around the basket, can use either hand. Uh, and just the way his body is, I think you probably have a better condition, Dane Danger. You hear a lot about how he's stronger now and uh, that he's they can hit people in terms of, you know, box outs and really move, move and create space around the basket. And uh, we'll see how that drop coverage looks. I think more discipline, more awareness, and that will come with, with experience so I think that's something that is a continued work in progress for him but it is interesting to kind of evaluate like how does Brad want to play lineups with him if you play Ty a non-shooting point guard do you want to put him with Dane in that starting lineup we've seen Dane and Coleman play together before but uh, yeah if he's around a 20 minute per game guy which I would expect that you just get a different dynamic out of him as that low post threat and then you can kind of play a little bit more of that spaced out game with Coleman at the five Okay, let's talk about the big questions about this team. Brad Underwood's got his work cut out for him. Uh, And just figuring out who to play, with whom, how do I play, all these different things, Derek. Like, he's got an interesting roster, but he's got one with flaws, especially offensively with the guard situation and and shooting. Uh, And I still have questions about the shooting, if there's enough of it on this team. Domask would certainly make a difference if they if he plays the way he thinks. Garrier should be an upgrade. I would imagine Shannon Hawkins get better, but they got to prove it. Um, I, I'm just so interested. You had to do your projecting the rotation and mixing and matching this team and, and putting it all together. I, I, there's pressure on Brad to, to figure this all out, as we've talked about before on this podcast. Like The way he's played, he's had to scrap it in recent seasons midway through the year. Uh, I think with these 10 practices, with the Spain trip, with then practice starting again, like he needs he needs to get this right. He needs to read this team really well. Yes, and and to be able to have guys fully buy into those roles and be able to have it. Now you want you want to be able to promote competition and want guys to really have to earn everything they get. And I, I mean, Coleman's come out and said it, and some other guys, hey, you know, they made too many promises to some people last year, worried about – people's feelings a little bit too much last year uh there is kind of that middle ground of, of trying to understand what's best for the team i mean that's always where you're going to err and where you're going to you're going to lean on but you do want to keep guys in a, a good frame of mind and make sure you have total buy-in still so uh but yeah making sure that you're putting out the best lineups and, and being able to mix and match and uh how you want to go about that like is is it Coleman and Gary A at the at the four? Coleman at the five, Gary at the four. I really like that d- dynamic personally, uh, but also Dane is is someone at the five who especially takes another step. Then you got to make that decision there and sorting out playing. Like I said uh, earlier, you know, sincere Dre, uh, and then also Justin Harmon. How that works, uh, and you just got a, a lot of options. But it's yeah. about making it all work together and think about you know late game lineup so how do you manage that with being able to to piece it together and it's it's a good problem to have to have a lot of options and a lot of talent but yes he does need to get it right and if it fits into the play style thing too I think as you get more more into the install offensively I'll be really curious to see what that fully looks like because it was it was a a failure last year Uh, the five out stuff and then even you know pivoting to the spread they just never 
got a cohesive, flowing, effective offense, and that's on his plate to figure out this year for sure. Individual questions. I'm wondering where Justin Harmon fits into all of this um, because, as we talked about, Dre Gibbs Allhorn, I, I might project for more minutes. Right, right now I'd project for more minutes than Justin Harmon. Sincere Harris, I think it's going to be hard to keep that guy off the court certain times. I mean, forgetting that he – sparked some of these biggest turnarounds some of your biggest wins sincere harris was a key in both of them ucla and texas um so i think he's gonna be hard to to get off the court and and we didn't see the ball in his hands like coming off ball screens that much today maybe i shouldn't be reading too much into that but he was standing in the corner a lot and he's an okay three-point shooter i don't think he's a great one so i i, I don't know where he fits and look good he's got to play man like he, he's got to play but does he beat out Domask? Like those are some, some interesting questions about you know how those transfers all fit together. Domask with Goody, Justin Harmon uh, with these other guards. Uh, again, it probably goes more towards Underwood, but I, I'm interested to see where those guys fit in. And not seeing Domask today it was it was hard to kind of read that. Right, and yeah, with with Harmon, I know he hasn't been here that long. He, he showed up later, you know, around. The, the first July or whatnot after finishing up some stuff at Utah Valley. But uh, it was it was a challenge for me. I convinced – I talked myself into and out of like three – every combination possible of slotting Harmon, Gibbs Lawhorn, and Harris into the rotation and who should be over who. I ultimately put Harmon, then Gibbs Lawhorn, then Harris. But the projections were all fairly similar in terms of what I think they would get. I do come back to the fact that, you know, Harmon is really, really experienced, was a leading scorer on Utah Valley last year, a pretty solid team, a team that went to the NIT final. And during the NIT, he averaged 21 a game. So uh, it, it made, yes, coming off of one practice, by far and away, Gibbs Lawhorn and, and Sincere were, were more impressive. And Harmon was pretty invisible, really, for lack of a better way to say it. Uh, for the most part today. But yeah, very uh, small sample size. We're judging this on, by the way. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, like he is going to have to find his his niche on this team, and I don't think it is a stand in the corner shooter. Right. I I know that when we had uh, Michael Michael Tulip on, and we were talking uh, back in the summer about you know could he play on some some point guard and whatnot, and, and Brad didn't even mention when I asked him you know who's in the mix at point guard did not mention Justin Harmon. Uh, I do think he is better kind of as a secondary two guard and, and kind of in a score mode, but. He's got to be able to get that those opportunities, get the ball, and, and find his find his way. So yeah, not many uh, maybe, minutes behind Terrence Shannon either. No, there's not. <laughs> so maybe it's just a matter of of him still kind of feeling it feeling it out and trying to figure out where his role is and how he fits in. But um, for sure, that's something that he's going to need to to find out. Otherwise, he'll be playing behind those guys because those guys sincere. His role is defined, and, and he's continuing to, to push forward and. Gibbs Lawhorn's coming in with nothing hold back, held back. I mean, he's confident, he's ready, and they love him. I mean, everybody in that building loves him. So uh, Harmon figuring that out is, is going to be something he has to do. And, yeah, Goody, I, I think that uh, shooting-wise, he has at least – I mean, for for his argument to play, I mean, number one, I, Brad obviously did down the stretch last year, but uh, his three-point shooting is something that this team needs. So being able to have that, uh, being someone that isn't going to make – any mistakes? Uh, is but, he, yeah, is he irre- the mask will be. He's irreplaceable important. on this roster because he's the only one that shoots like him. Like no yeah. one, no one, no one else shoots quite like him. Maybe Domas can. Uh, Shannon did when he was more of an off the ball player, but he is such an integral part of of what they're going to do offensively. Just because he is that threat, and Brad said we have to run stuff for him. Uh, he's got to be their Andrew Funk kind of player. Yeah, and that's still interesting as you look back on the roster building this offseason is like I always was under the impression post you know at the end of last year what do they not have you know when they went up against certain teams what did they see that they really wanted and Penn State I figured they're going to go out and try to find not Andrew Funk they're going to try to find a dead eye no doubt just maybe Alfonso Plummer type even if it is a little bit of a liability on defense because they collectively still have a lot of strength there they they didn't go get that person they didn't find a no doubt, you know, knockdown shooter. Now, Domask in a secondary role, maybe he does tick up the the percentages and more efficiency and, and be a little bit closer to that. But Luke needs to, to your point, needs to be that player for this team. And that does put him in a position, not only that, but 
uh, third year in the program to be able to be someone that is is relied on and, and someone that just should be able to seamlessly fit in what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, any other you known – got to do our Nico Nuggets. Nico Moretti played a little nuggets. bit. Uh, he needs to get stronger. Uh, Dre gibbs and blew by him. Defense. That's that's my biggest question with Nico Murray. I think he can get where he wants to offensively. Can he finish? Can he defend? Uh, that would be my biggest thing there. Um, Monty Hansberry is just you know with with Quincy Guerrier there. It's gonna be hard for him to to find a consistent role. But you know the fact that they were playing him with Guerrier and with Danger, I thought was interesting. So I'm I'm trying to make sure we hit on everybody. Coleman struggled shooting today, but I do think. He took shots in rhythm. They were catch-and-shoot shots. I thought he got to where he wanted to. Just the ball didn't go in for him a lot today. Uh, anything else you want to hit on? I think you you got it there. Uh, Goody was another one of those guys in rhythm. A couple of threes that just didn't go down. Um, Coleman, yeah, there there was maybe one or two times where – I early in practice, I liked it. They played a lot through – the high post of those big guys, like kind of a lot of handoff stuff. Like you give it to Coleman, you give it to Dane, even Amani a little bit. So uh, getting the big man extended out kind of in that high post area. Uh, Coleman one time kind of like deked a handoff, faced up and hit a, hit a jump shot. That 18 foot jump shot was there pretty much the entire year. And he just didn't show a willingness to want to take it. Uh, there were a couple other times where he maybe passed up a three, um, and then there was once or twice he, he did a little too much off the dribble or just didn't execute the the, the shot. But uh, Nico, yeah, I mean, he is a natural point guard and really probably the only guy on the roster you could say that about. I do think that in pick and rolls, he's comfortable. I mean, he's done that his entire life, and he, he's good off the bounce in terms of creativity with his handle and, and seeing things. But athletically, he's limited, and he's not that strong. So Gibbs Lawhorn says, I'm going by you, and – he did. Mm-hmm. I also think that it's it's worth noting. I note on Goody is he stuffed the heck out of sincere, and got, I aggressively trash talked him. That, that was now you can imagine sincere his personality. He's he's trash talking everybody probably all day long. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was just a fun note um, to kind of throw in there. And it, there was some. The, I, I don't want to say negative chirpiness, but the guys are. Or vocal, it was good. It was competitiveness, that was for sure. And and I think the vocal leaders are pretty clear. Like that that seems pretty clear to me. Like Terrence, Luke, uh, sincere is just energy, but you Ty is talking a lot and uh the the fact that Dre Gibbs Warren looked very comfortable in talking and trying to vocal lead, um, that that was encouraging. Because at times last year, it was looking around. And I would even say that about Terrence. Like, there were times where it was like, Terrence, where are you? You're the leader of this team. Whether you want to be at this moment or not, that you're that guy, um, that wasn't a problem today. No. I mean, it's, it's okay to have a number of guys comfortable in that space. And, it, and the, if the veterans respect a guy, which it seems like, Dre's earned their respect with his work ethic and his talent that they're okay with him, you know, talking out there and, and, and being able to, to step up and, and say what he thinks. So uh, Coleman should be in that, in that mix as well as someone, especially in the locker room that, that, that really his voice matters and whatnot. But I think as of right now, it does. I think Brad's got to like that. That is pretty well established, especially on, on guys that have been in the program to come back and be those, those type of voices. All right, Derek, before I let you go and we get out of here, I want to ask you a little bit about recruiting because two guards in the class of 2024 have set official visits for September for Illinois. Mikey Lewis, who's been a top priority, has said very positive things about Illinois. And then a new name on the radar, Jace Butler, going to visit the week after. I think it's September 16th for Lewis, September 23rd for Jace Butler. Uh, what do you think of that? Sounds like they're going to try and lock up their, their guard in September, I would say. Yes, and they hope it's Mikey Lewis. Mikey Lewis is their probably their top target right now. I know Jaden Glover's in that mix too, and has also looked in that that fall window of September potentially. I don't know if the I don't think a date is set for him quite yet, but he's mentioned uh, taking one at some point. I think September October. But uh, Lewis is someone they've they pursued hard. Chester Frazier, ever since seeing him early in the EYBL, which he was one of the top scorers in the EYBL circuit. Uh, got after him in the spring and then prioritized him throughout the, the summer. And, and it seems like it's an Illinois-LSU battle as of right now, at least as far as what we can tell. Those are two visits he's going to take in September. So 
Uh, I would expect Illinois to push him pretty hard. Uh, Jace Butler is an, a name that's pretty late developing in, in terms of Illinois. Doesn't officially have an Illinois offer, at least in terms of what he's announced, but they were in his top six. And Chester has liked what he's seen from him enough, at least seemingly in terms of a backup option. A guy that's 6'4", that uh, has a pretty nice build to him, shoots it, uh, plays well in pick and roll. I think that's something that they've really identified. You know, Mikey's kind of a combo guard. Same thing with Jace, that uh, after last year, it was kind of a, a limitation of Jaden's of not being able to elevate a ton in terms of those around him with his playmaking. That's something they've really looked at as in terms of prospects. They want multiple guys, not to just a single out Jaden. They're not in general. Only didn't have enough players uh, outside of a point guard that could really be a, a, a playmaker, a creator. Uh, so they're looking for that, and they feel like Butler can do that. They like his feel off the dribble, uh, but there's no doubt that Lewis is their is their prime guy, and they would hope to lock that thing down. I forgot to mention this, uh, but uh, no media are going to be in Spain, from what I understand, and no stream. So sorry, Illinois fans, you're going to be counting on. The, the few highlights Illinois chooses to selectively give you uh, the box scores, which how, what can we read into there? Um, and uh, maybe a few fans who are over there uh, posting on message boards and on Twitter and all of that. So um, not going to be a ton that, that probably we can take away from this, Derek, but I think the most important thing is these 10 practices, especially for a team that has so many newcomers. So regardless, this is going to be a positive trip for Illinois, just unless barring injury knock on wood like this is this is great to have them spend the time together the 10 extra practices they've already had uh it's it's a leg up on some of the competition especially in this transfer portal age it's a great value uh, for a team that is trying you know last year coming off a year where it didn't it didn't gel it didn't pieces didn't come together the role stuff didn't just didn't happen and the chemistry and whatnot and, and this is just another added benefit for this team to have that opportunity to, to see how it looks early and to get those practices where it's going to feel game-like and actually going to be game-like over there in Spain. So um, that's a great value. And I'm sure Brad really appreciates the the added time in the summer to, to put in some stuff a little bit earlier. And I you mentioned it today, just kind of, and some of the players did as well. I, Luke Goody was talking about last year, you bring in young guys who don't know what it's like to play college basketball while like Quincy and Marcus and, Justin may not quite know yet how they fit in everything. They know how to play college basketball. He's like, they know what being in the gap means. They know what that, you know, when, when Brad's talking stuff out, like it's those guys have been in practices and games and everything. So uh, to, to be able to have those experiences just makes this team more prepared for what they're about to go through uh, later on in the fall. And then obviously the winter, but uh, yeah, hopefully um, I know, hopefully we'll have a, a kind donor who's making the trip share some insights i'll i'll try to send out some text messages to see if we can get any added insight as well but hopefully um, their roaming we, is on right yeah no <laughs> doubt we will be box score watching and see what we can get but uh yeah it's it's a good thing and it's yeah. fun to dive in on some basketball here in early august yeah a little basketball talk in august doesn't hurt anybody uh Derek piper thanks for the insight man looking forward to the takeaways and everything else you got coming man Yes, sir. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to the Line Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube as well. And don't forget, 75% off VIP membership. It's going to be worth it uh, just for this uh, week ahead, let alone for the next year. So check us out at IlanaInquirer.com. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Line Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.